0: Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Hello, everybody. This is Rick Villanueva here once again with an episode of Jammed Transmissions. Whew, every time, Pete, every time. Um, But today we're going to do something, again, a little bit different. This is episode two of Jammed Transcriptions, uh, the podcast within the pod where I do book reviews and talk about books in general. So this week, or this episode, I should say, I am going to be giving eh, fairly non-spoilery thoughts on Kevin Scott's Path of Vengeance, the next young adult novel in The High Republic, Phase 2. And um, for starters, let me just say that I really, really enjoyed this book. Uh, It's long. 518 pages, I believe, in print. It's a big boy. Uh, And... There's a lot happening in this book. So again, I'm going to try to keep this relatively spoiler-free. I may talk about some specific nuggets, but I'm not going to give anything away, so you don't have to worry about that. So now this book is being published by Disney Lucasfilm Press, and it will be out on May 2nd. Um, I, along with some other people, were fortunate enough to receive a copy of the book early. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen I've been posting pictures of it, and my immediate thoughts when I finished it. Uh, just this past weekend. So, there is or was a review embargo uh, that is set to lift today, day of release, April 24th. So, again, I feel very honored and privileged to have uh, to be part of the list of uh, reviewers for some of these books because they are wonderful. So, let's talk about Kevin Scott's history with Star Wars and the High Republic. So, we know that. You know, he is one of the originators, one of the luminous beings um, that was there to craft all of the High Republic stories in the beginning. And we were, we had uh, The Rising Storm was a phase one book that he wrote. And I'm not going to go through everything that he's written because he's done a lot of the comics too. But The Rising Storm was one of those books that when it came out, I don't want to say shocked people, but I think people were kind of unprepared for the emotional toll that that book was going to take on people, uh, myself included. That book is a wild ride. Um, and you know, as a book collector, I do have more than one copy of that book. And, you know, I'm not afraid. I had somebody ask me in a a Facebook group about book collecting. If I have a reader copy along with my, um, collector's copies. And you know what? I crack my collector's books, They're books, and they should be read. That's how I feel about them. I have no qualms with doing that. Um, if I ever get to a point where I decide to sell these books, you know what? People will know, I will say, that these books have been read. They're, they're technically their use. But, um, so yeah, The Rising Storm was the second adult book in phase one. And that book um, mainly takes place on Vallo, where the Republic Fair is happening. It is wild. Um, there are some crazy things that happen in that book. I won't get specific into specifics with some things, but Elzar Mann has some trials in that book, and we see uh, the Chancellor, Lena So at the time, uh, she has some things that go on, her Targons. It's a crazy, crazy battle that happens with the Nile and the Jedi on Valo. Guys, um, if you haven't read that book, or any of the adult or any of the books in Phase 1, and you, and you feel you want to try to catch up, that's where you want to start. Um, you can just read the adult books if you want, but if you want to fill in some of the gaps and get a lot more character development and growth, the young adult and middle grade readers also offer a lot of insight into uh, a lot of the other, I don't want to say minor players, because they, you know, some of them do have some pretty key roles in the course of phase one, but that's where you want to go. Um, and for me, I loved Light of the Jedi. Um, but The Rising Storm was probably right there on the top of my list as far as some of those books go. So here we now are in Phase 2. Kevin Scott, again, is writing the comics um, in the mainline run, which he did for uh, Phase 1, which is a wonderful run. Um, Again, lots of heartache, lots of drama, lots of crazy action. Stuff with the Drangir is nuts. Um, He's writing Phase 2 now. And again, just a little refresher, uh, phase two is 150 years prior to phase one. So about 375, 380 years prior to A New Hope. So it's a whole new cast of characters and it can be a little jarring and a little disorienting trying to keep names in species uh, in order. I know for myself, when I read books that have multiple species, I try not to stop and look and see, you know, what that species looks like, um, it would be helpful. That's something that I try to save for afterwards or if I take a break in reading because I just want to experience the book as it is. Um, You know, some species that we just are more common and, you know, some other newer ones that have been created in the High Republic, they may be not so much. But, so Path of Vengeance is, like I said, the second young adult book Uh, The first being Path of Deceit, written by Justina Ireland and Tessa Gratton. And this book is very heavy in its tone. Um, And I guess that might be to be expected with Kevin Scott. And I say that in a lighthearted way. Um, You know, there have been lots of jokes about how Kevin knew what he did kind of things. Um, You know, kind of the... The stresses that we get after following these characters. Um, and for me, that's the mark of a good writer. This book has that in droves and I can say for phase two as a whole, there is a lot of overlap with these books. So initially it felt to me like, okay, we've been here. Um, we've been to, we've seen the battle of Jedha, but as we know my take on Star Wars and one of the things that I like the most about Star Wars, both in-universe and out, is perspectives. So this book focuses mainly on who are kind of seen as our villain set, um, Marta Rowe, Yana Roe, and the Mother, um, primarily uh, throughout the course of this book. But we do have perspectives from some Jedi characters as well. Um, we do get some overlap with some of the events of the comic books primarily. Uh, And again, the battle of Jeddah. you know, some of the events of cataclysm and convergence um, are mentioned, but this book largely starts with the battle of Jeddah, and then switches over to Dalna, which if you've read cataclysm, um, you kind of know essentially how things go down. But again, the perspectives for this book matter. Now, Um, Let's talk about kind of our three mains here, again, from our our air-quoting villain set here, Marta, and the mother. Uh, During Celebration a few weeks ago, I think Kevin mentioned that this book will kind of show what the mother is up to uh, behind the scenes, where she's present in the other books, but she's not front and center. And this book gives a lot of insight into motivations. Uh, come to light again i'm not going to spoil anything but we start to see what power does to an individual like the mother um we do know or we've seen in star wars things like you know palpatine who through his own machinations um with the force lining things like that he is scarred and deformed all of that kind of stuff <clears throat> not to say that the mother has something one for one happened to her, but we start to see a physical deterioration in her as power manifests. Let's just say that, um, again, not really getting too much into specifics, but, um, we are starting to see the cracks in the path of the open hand throughout the course of this book and the divisions that are sown mainly between the mother, um, and her relationship with Marta Rowe and with Marta Rowe's cousin, Yana Rowe, who we met in Path of Deceit. So Marta Rowe to me takes kind of center stage throughout the course of this book. Um, if you've read Path of Deceit, uh, I will give slight spoilers for that book, but she gets involved in a relationship with a young Jedi named Kevmo, Kevmo Zink, I think is his name. And he uh, uses the force in front of some younglings to do something very innocent, like float flower petals, I think is what it is. And that's a big no, no for the path with the open hand. Again, spoilers. You can skip ahead a couple of seconds for something that happens, a path of deceit. Three, two, one. Kevmo dies. He dies at the hands of the mother through uh, the leveler sucks the, the force out of him. And, uh, Uh, Jedi master Zalem Macro, I think is the other Jedi who dies the same way in the caves on Dalna. And this relationship forms between um, Kevmo and Marta. She's enthralled by him uh, clearly before he dies, Uh, but she's enthralled by him. And, you know, she sees that he's a good person in this, in this relationship um, blossoms. And after his death, uh, leading us into this book, She is very much haunted by his uh, presence, if you will. He's not a force ghost, but it is very much a sign of her wrestling with past decisions. Um, It is her finding her way in a changing galaxy. And I mean that within the confines of the, of the community that she keeps herself with. Um, and it shows the conflict that she's facing, both having been around a good, again, air quoting Jedi. I mean, he was good, but in her eyes, the Jedi are not. So, you know, a a good Jedi in a world where, you know, she believes that the Jedi are doing something that is, you know, fundamentally wrong by using the force in and of itself. So as the book progresses for her, we start to see the bonds that she has with the mother, strengthen and weaken both kind of at the same time. Um, And we'll, we'll talk about some thematic things that I think are very important in this book um, as relates to that. But again, we, we see these, these bonds strengthen and weaken almost simultaneously with Marta and the mother um, and some other characters as well. But um, it was interesting to see how she navigates her way through the path, the path of the open hand, it's uh, power structure um, and where she feels at her place is by the end of um, the story. So again, I don't want to give anything away because I want you guys to read this book. So let's move on to, her cousin Yana Ro. Um, Yana has been feeling the the will to not be a part of the path anymore. She has seen the wrongs that the path is doing back in Path of Deceit. Um, she's like ninety eight percent sure that she doesn't want to be involved with the path anymore at the beginning of this book, and she, much like uh, Marta is she's dealing with the, a same kind of past as Marta. Um, she also had a relationship in Path of Deceit with a young Nautilin named Cor, who is the daughter of the Herald, who's kind of the number two in the Path of the Open Hand. And Cor, um she dies during a mission in uh, Path of Deceit. And, Yana was very much aware that it was an uh, unnecessary death. And so she harbors this resentment toward the mother because the mother is using people to essentially her own end of, you know, establishing this power and, and, um, making this name for herself within, or I should say outside of the realm of other, um, force communities, if you will. Um, the, the path in the comics you see wants to become a member of the convocation which is like this gathering of force users and how the force is somewhat democratized through these different users, but obviously their, their means are different. Um, and how people use the force. And again, the path sees any use of the force as, um, a negative and it causes imbalance. And it's a reason why all of these things are going wrong in the galaxy because they are other peoples are allowed to use the force in ways, um, that, the path feels to be unnatural, if you will. So Yana is on the precipice of moving away from the structure of the path of the open hand, but she is conflicted because her cousin Marta is there, who she deeply cares for. But again, like Marta, she is kind of haunted by the past of this, this relationship that could have been uh, with Kor. And there's a lot of... um. trauma that both of these cousins are trying to work themselves past and through to define themselves again in, in a new, in a new galaxy. Uh, You know, this is, this is a time of expansion, not just for the Jedi um, that we've seen through phase one and this part of phase two, but these other force users are building out the galaxy for lack of a better term. Um, you start to see that this this frontier landscape of the galaxy uh, is full of these people who view power and the force differently. Um, but as we know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, you know, Yana is very much a purveyor of and victim of the the machinations of the path of the open hand. Let's just say that. Um, so we start to see all of these, these cracks develop within the structure of the path and how um, the need to hold on to power supersedes most other things. Now, again, not wanting to give too much away about it. I'm not going to say specifics um, about events that happen at the end of the book, but I want to talk about, some thematic elements of this book. Um, and some of that as maybe pertains to Kevin Scott himself. And I don't want to speak for cap, but, um, Kevin's been very open about, uh, some mental health concerns. I want to say maybe, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but he's been very open about some struggles that he's had over the past year. And it seems to me that some of, and he's in a much better place now, he says. He just had a, a birthday a few weeks ago. Happy belated cab, if you're listening. Um, and welcome. But um, this book seems to have been written from a place of isolation within a community, almost. Like, that's the vibe I get from these characters, where there are moments where there. There's this duality of strength and weakness, both in a community and in isolation. There are times when the community element can be very strong and be gratifying to many of the characters in this book, Um, but there are also times where these characters are in their isolation, either within their own heads and their thoughts, or literally on their own, where The self-awareness and growth uh, really manifests itself where these characters are um, forging these ideas about themselves that will carry them on through the rest of their stories, uh, through their lives. So, you know, we don't know how this is all going to play out uh, either through phase three or if there's I'm not sure if there's anything else after this for phase two, but um, things may play out in the comics if I'm not mistaken. I'm not exactly sure, guys. So, I, I, wanting to put perspectives um, front and center with how these stories are created, um, it's for me it's it's hard to ignore what we know about um, things that Kavanaugh said you know publicly um, over the last year or so. So again, if I'm speaking out of turn, I apologize. But there, those elements are present in the book to me. And um, you guys know, if you've listened to the show for a while, that things like that and, you know, the hashtag Real Talker are things that, you know, I try not to shy away from on this show. I can say that there are some things in this book to that end of both isolation and community that are uh, very, were very resonant for me. Um, When I talked to Marco Shiro last month, um, you know, we talked about how people, and I'm not saying this for Kevin Scott, but just to generally speak, when people experience a trauma, a lot of times they seek isolation. They don't want to be around other people. Um, I can speak for myself. I've been there um, more recently than I might want to admit. But um, I see that in these characters in this book where there has to be some level of self-assurance in order for them to move forward and move beyond um, some of the things that might be holding them back. So... Now, that's not to say that this book is all downers and self-doubt and things like that, because it because it's not. There are some moments of humor in this book. Uh, we do see Jedi Master Vildar Mack and uh, Tayseric from the comics are in this book. And there are some very funny moments between them and their dynamic um, with um, Olivia Zevron and, oh, I can't remember the other Jedi's name now. Uh, she's a Twi'lek and I can't remember her name. But and she's also a padawan. But all of their interactions are very well written. Um, there are a lot. I get lots of lots of Jedi in this book, just like, just like many of the other High Republic books, and it, be, it can be easy to lose track. But this book, in particular, I think kept it together in the way that it's formatted, so that you kind of don't lose sight of who it is that you're dealing with um, throughout the course of this book. So it was very well paced. The last. Uh, the book, like I said, it's broken down into three parts. The last part of the book, which is maybe 150 pages or so flew by, read all of that, um, in, in a sitting. And when this book picks up, it picks up and does not stop until the last page. You know, there are some moments of calm in there, very much in the eye of the storm, if you will. Um, it's, um, it's chaotic at times. It is scary. There were some moments in this book that made me audibly gasp. I I don't remember the last time I had anything resembling a jump scare from a book. Um, I'm not that type of reader where I, I sometimes I'm just aware of the world around me. It's hard for me to shut my brain off sometimes when I'm reading, but this book got me. Kevin got me a couple of times in this book. Um, So I would say prepare yourself, but There really is no good way to prepare yourself for some of the stuff that's in this book. Um, So overall, High Republic fans between this and Cataclysm are experiencing some really, really wonderful storytelling. I cannot recommend this book enough. It is, like I said, it's 518 pages of just some pain, some trauma, some humor. The action in it is is wonderful um the character development and the end place for some of these characters is sometimes shocking sometimes gratifying sometimes disappointing Um, but i think that is all by design Um, the cover for this book which was done by Corey brickley i have to shout it out every time i post pictures of this thing either on discord or on twitter people comment on the artwork for the cover of this book they released the image Sometime you know, in the fall last year it is gorgeous. um this will be a book that when on release day, I'll probably do the audiobook to experience all of that and what this book sounds like as presented that way um and maybe i'll I'll, I'll glean some new things from it, but there are i I often think about people writing the Jedi in books um and writing lines of wisdom without making them sound cliche. And I have to say this batch of writers has found ways to do that in creative ways and put their own personal twist on the force. That doesn't feel foreign to me. This all feels very star Wars. It feels a part of this galaxy, even if it's, you know, a few centuries removed from stories that we've known, but it's been an enjoyable ride to go through these books. Um, And I'm going to be honest, it's not easy to keep up with these books as they come out. Um, You know, I'm one of those nutjobs that they have released, you know, I'll try to read something as fast as possible and I'll reread these books two or three times within the first couple of weeks that they're out just to, you know, hopefully not forget things, um, which I inevitably do because there's a lot of books out there, guys. I don't know how many total Star Wars canon books, plus all the legend stuff that are still kicking around that um, have their merit and their value too. So um I, I you know I'm not going to do I thought about this after I did uh, quest for planet X. I you know I'm not going to do like a rating system, I'm not going to do stars or a number rating anything like that, but I can say that um if you've been enjoying the high republic, I think you are going to love this book. If you enjoy Kevin Scott's writing, you are going to enjoy this book. If you are jumping in to the high republic, you need to read some of the other stuff first. Um This book can stand on its own again, because there is some overlap with some of the other stories, but, um, I think there's a wealth of. Lore that is already embedded just in the last few years of Star Wars books, uh, high Republic storytelling that uh, for my money shouldn't be missed. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff in there. And if it's not for you, I get it. I understand. I know these books aren't for everybody, but for me, they're scratching that itch. Um, in, in the Star Wars book space. And the high Republic has just been nothing short of fantastic for me. And knowing that we have, you know, all the phase three to get through and the acolyte coming up soon, um, just makes me all that more excited. And I'm running out of room <laughs> for all of these damn books, guys. Book collecting is no joke. I'm running out of space, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to say about this book except to say to you guys, go, buy this book when it comes out next week um download the audiobook if you choose pick up the hardcover copy if you want however you read this book you know i just i can't recommend it between this and cataclysm guys if you if you haven't read it read these books or you're on the fence about them, do yourself the favor and get into these books because lydia kang and Kevin scott have written two of my favorite books from the last couple of years um these books are just great. Um, it's not to say that there aren't some things that I wouldn't like to see changed or, you know, maybe this did vibe with me, but overall the experience of these books has been wonderful. So yeah, I think um, that's going to do it for me. Um, I am hoping to have some interviews in the future. So a good way to maybe help me do that guys is to share and retweet these episodes as they come out. Um, As I, you know, I've noticed the numbers for downloads and listens for the episodes have, has been growing over the last couple of weeks. Um, Last week was a marathon week. I did four episodes last week. I've never done that before. Um, Thank you to everybody that has jumped aboard uh, jammed transmissions slash transcriptions boy that is not an easy bunch of words to say guys um a you guys are all uh wonderful and i love you all and thank you all for listening um but as you listen please remember to rate and review on whatever little machines or podcatchers that you're listening on be it apple or spotify if you're on spotify give me a follow drop me some stars i want to see some reviews over in that space if you have any questions comments concerns after you've read you've read the book and you want to. to lay some things down for me and you want to let me know what you thought or questions about the book. You can drop me an email, comlink, C O M L I N K at jammed um, Send me an email or voicemail and uh, let me know what you thought or any other questions about anything going on in star Wars. And I'll do my best to answer them on the show. Um, guys, you can follow me on the socials at cab Bains bounty, just about everywhere. And you can follow the show at JTcomlink on Twitter and hive and at jam transmissions on Instagram. Uh, keep your eye out for quick shots on Broaxium. I do have Quest of the Jedi, the High Republic one shot that I will be doing this week uh, from Claudia Gray, and my son did uh, the High Republic: The Nameless Terror last week. So we're going to keep we're going to keep doing those uh, going into the future until uh, Chris and Dan and the crew decide that they don't want me to do it anymore. But that's going to do it, guys. Um, until next time, when the next jammed transcriptions episode drops.